following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I am EZD, Derek Jaws. I am here with my main stat guy, Austin Kelm, and it is week four. We are moving right along. Austin, what's going on, my man? Not too much. Oh, you know, you know, nice join uh, my uh, my Thursday morning here. Yeah, nice Thursday morning. We're a day late on recording because sometimes life gets the best of you, and uh, you gotta gotta make plans and adjust. You know, so I love that adaption. So week three was a was a big one. We, uh, you know, first and foremost, we got to start talking about the Bills, and you know, you look on paper, and it's easy to say, you know, the Bills blew a big lead. You know, they were up by twenty five points. Um, it's easy to say that we got lucky on a goal line pass interference call that kept us alive late in the game. And I can also tell you that it's super easy to say that a, a non-interception. Right. Something that, something that never was. (laughs) Yeah. Like turn the momentum and on that final, on the draw, on our second last drive that resulted in an Allen fumble and turned into the go-ahead score for the Rams, there was at least one, if not two, missed face mask calls, both on Allen, one by Aaron Donald. And it's funny because I actually have the picture clear as day, and I've been using it anytime anybody says the Bills got lucky with that call. I just post that with a reply because though it was a face mask on the play that that was a fumble. And, you know, my, 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 I guess my point is, you know, it's one thing to get the breaks. It's nothing of what you do with them. And both teams got breaks and both teams capitalized. It just so happened that, you know, we put ourselves in a better position early in the game that when we capitalized on getting a call, which again, by technical definition, that's, that was pass interference. Was it a great call? Probably not. But I mean, by, by the rule of the law, it sure was. And, sure. you know, the big thing I took away from this game, we kind of talked about this a minute ago, is it looks like we have our quarterback. And to me, one of the true tells of that is not the stats, not the, you know, he's putting up big numbers and everything. It's the fact that even last year, that play that resulted in the pass interference is probably not even something that Allen tries. Um, to me, he looked, he looked at that receiver saw the contact and threw to the contact the way you would see Tom Brady or Peyton Manning do not that I'm saying he's on that level, but it's definitely a step in the right direction to me. And, you know, that could, could have been something that he looked and found another receiver or tried to make a play with his feet, but he saw the contact downfield threw the ball there to get the attention and got the call. And that's, that to me is the sign of a, of a maturing quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to say, I, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, and one of the biggest things that stands out to me is, I mean, now it's only three games. So I understand that it's still a relatively small sample size as far as 2020 goes, but he's completing 70% of his passes through three games. Um, I think the, the the Josh Allen naysayers out there have always said that, well, you know, his career um, completion percentage at Wyoming was always so low, you know, and he, he just didn't do it and he didn't have it. And his first couple of years in the league, he was pretty, pretty 
right on par with 56 to 60% of his passes was completed, which for an NFL quarterback is not good. Um, but at least so far in 2020, 70% of his passes being completed and, and 10, 10 touchdown passes through three games is, is pretty phenomenal. He's done really done quite well to start. Yeah. Without question. Um, you know, and I, we, we talk about all the time on the show that either you have your quarterback or you're looking for him. And I think, I think we have an answer, my man. I really do. Um, you know, you can say again, statistically, Oh, it was just the jets and it was just the dolphins. And I would argue that, you know, Cam Newton threw for what, just over a hundred yards and ran for 150 against the dolphins. And everyone was saying, Oh my God, Cam is back. And, you know, Allen does it. And now it's like, Oh, it's just, the, it's just the dolphins, which the dolphins don't look terrible by any means. I mean, they're not, yeah, terrific, the, but they're, well, they're in a rebuild still, you know what I mean? It's yeah. That's what they're trying to do. If they, if they lose a bunch of games, it's like, they're okay with it. They'll go and get a, whatever, a franchise left tackle in the draft next year or something like that. Cause they traded Larry Tunsil and stuff like that. So they're, they're still rebuilding. Of course. But for some, re- for some reason, Fitz, Fitz magic is still alive and well. Fitz magic <laughs> will always Miami. be alive and well. Uh, speaking of, we had the, uh, we had the matchup of not to get away from the bills too, too soon here, but uh, we had the matchup on Thursday night of the rebuilding dolphins with the aging wonder Fitzmagic magic and the rebuilding Jaguars with the young gunslinger and Gardner Minshew. And this was the first game all year that Minshew did not look good. No, no, he did not. Um, certainly not his best game. Um, just honestly kind of ugly across the board. Really. It wasn't great from any real aspect here. Um, you know, Minshew threw for, for 275 yards, but no touchdowns and a pick. Um, James Robinson, the running back had two touchdowns on the ground, but he only had 46 rushing yards. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. It just wasn't, it was a sloppy Thursday night game. Yeah. And I mean, you're, you know, they got, uh, that rookie Chenault over there and he looks like he's a talented player, but he's your, he's your slot guy. Um, one of the big slash, things that slash kinda, running back, slash running back. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that stood out to me when while I was watching that game was the fact that, um, I believe shark was out their their number one receiver and they, their receivers struggled to create separation, which is something, again, we talk about a lot in Buffalo up until this year. And, you know, their, their number two guy, <clears throat> I want to say his name, his last name's Cooley or something along those lines. I'm drawing a blank here. Cause that's what I do on the show. Apparently he had three huge drops in that game. Um, I believe two of which were third downs that would have been first downs, and the third was a, a ball that he was wide open and just didn't catch it. It would have been a touchdown. And so I believe you're talking about Ke- Keelan Cole. So I think you just kind of like mushed his yeah. first name and his last name. Again, That's right. I'm, I, knew, I knew you were talking about. <clears throat> I am absolutely notorious for that. I do it once a week. So I'm catching what you're throwing. I got it. Yeah, he wasn't. <laughs> and that's my point. Right. That's the whole thing. So, you know, and, the, and those three plays could have easily, you know, helped turn that game around. They extend drives. When you extend drives, it, it takes points off the board for the other team and potentially puts more points on the board for you. And that's, that's tough. And, you know, that, that also affects his stats and how he looks. So I'm still on the Minshew mania train. Um, I'm excited for that kid's future. And even if it's not in Jacksonville, if they don't believe in him, the only thing I'm afraid of is that he comes to New England. I think I said that last week and I just don't want that to be a thing. 
Yeah, you know what though, I, and I think your your worries are kind of at rest now because I, I think Cam has looked good enough in New England that I think they found their guy. Um, you feel like Cam's been around forever, and I mean he he, he has and he hasn't, um, but I think he's only thirty one years old. You know, by quarterback standards, he's still a relatively young guy. Um, and for people who thought that he was a, a one dimensional quarterback and he was only going to run around um, in Josh McDaniels' offense, he's been throwing. I mean, the other day against the Seahawks, I mean, the other day, last week, he threw almost 450 passing yards, 460. I mean, he was all over. Yeah. Julian, Julian Edelman's highest receiving total for his career in a single game comes from Cam Newton, not Tom Brady, which kind of blows my mind that you play with maybe the greatest of all time for. 13 years, but it's Cam Newton who gives you your highest single game total. Absolutely. See, and this is the, this is why, this is why you're on the show. You're the stat guy and I love it. Well, that's, that's how I roll. That's it I is how you roll some, some, some brilliant statistician is some math genius, but um, I suck at math. Don't ask me. I don't know. Yeah. But you listen, you put numbers in your head about a football game and they, they stick like a, like a steel trap. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's <laughs> see. We got the, uh, the, the zombie corpse of what was the 49ers team beat the crap out of the Giants because the Giants are really good. Yeah, they are horrendous. Really, really not good. I mean, really, but you, you lose your best player. I mean, that's I definitely big. There does, you know, and they're, I mean, they, they weren't in necessarily a rebuild phase last year. And then it turned in halfway through the year that, like, oh, maybe we're in a rebuild. So this is really hard year one of a rebuild for them. But, uh, you know, they also play in a division that just doesn't seem to want to win football games. No, as a matter of fact, I think they're all actively trying to lose. What's it like when an entire division tries to tank? How, how, what's that? I, yeah, what that I, mean, I mean, the Eagles punted in overtime instead of trying to trying to hit a long game-winning field goal with, like, the dying seconds of the game. And, like, you, you end up tying the Bengals. The... You know, the Giants aren't very good. They dropped their game. The Cowboys lost to the Seahawks, albeit they put up a good game, but they, you know, didn't get it done. And where else is, where where am I looking here? Oh, and then you have the Washington football team, who is better than expected, but still not very good. I mean, that that division has two wins so far this year going into week four. It's just kind of ridiculous. And they should they should only have one. If the Falcons do how to finish a ball game, that they would be one win across nine games. No, twelve games. They would be one and eleven as a division. Which is super embarrassing. Right? I mean, unlike what is it, the uh NFC West with the the Seahawks, the Rams, and that division over there. I think there's there's like three losses in the whole division. Like two teams are like three and zero, and they're two or two and one or something ridiculous like that. Like they're they're winning every game. Uh, let's see here. We have polar opposites on the uh, for those divisions. Yeah. So here you go. You got Washington. Washington is leading the NFC East at one and two, tied with the Cowboys, who are one and two. The Eagles are zero two and one, and the Giants are zero and three. The NFC West, the Seahawks are three and zero. The Cards, the Rams, and the Niners are all two and one. Right. So, like so, the Niners didn't let the the litany of injuries that has <laughs> befallen their team, yeah, uh, hold like, them back from still winning two games. Yeah, the Forty ers have a case of leprosy running through their team right now, and they're 
like they're still winning more ball games than the NFC or the uh, yeah the NFC East. It's so bad. How like how is that a thing? Which I got to figure is a testament to, to, to the depth of the roster and and how good the 49ers really are. I also think they're they're a pretty well coached football team as well. You know, you know, I've I've always said it, and you know, we've had this conversation as you know being co- and being in the coaching realm ourselves that you either have to coach to your talent and what they're good at or you have to get the right guys in the right place. And I think when you see a team like, you know, like the 49ers who can have that litany of injuries and still not really miss a beat, you know, that's, that's coaching a team to, you know, to, to do things well, regardless of who's in that's that hard, you know, I, I mean, a couple of years ago, we saw it when Bruce Arians had the Cardinals and it was that next man up mentality. I don't care if the superstar that starts in front of you gets hurt. I expect the same production from you. If you get the chance to play, that's why you're here. Right. You know, and I think the I mean, Niners have a little bit of that going on. You know, we kind of saw, saw a little bit of that with the bills when both our starting linebackers were out and we were still able to win a ball game. And, you know, we, we definitely saw some chinks in our armor there, but I mean, when you're losing both your starting linebackers and I'm pretty sure there's a third linebacker out that game. I haven't looked into that one yet, but. I, uh, I say all this knowing that the, the Niners have beaten the Giants, who, as we discussed, are just terrible. And the Jets, who are also just terrible. <laughs> so yeah. The, the only good team that the Niners have played are the Cardinals, and they lost. Albeit right. in a close game, 24-20, but they, not, they lost against right. the only team they played with a winning record. Right. But I mean, that's it's still the NFL. You know, your your starting quarterback, your all your all pro defensive end, both your like your top two running backs. I mean, the the list of injuries there is insane. I think they're down a couple receivers, like, and to still hang thirty six points on an NFL football team and win thirty six to nine is just impressive. I don't care how bad that other team is. I although, although I, I'm curious if. Um, you know, are, are the Giants and the Jets going to try to, like, share a quarterback next year? Like, do you think they're going to split a first-round pick? To well, they already get... split a stadium, and they split locker rooms and everything else there. So, I mean, why not? Just go with it. Right. Like, so you pick, you, you pick you know, pick a quarterback and just say, all right, he's all-time home. So, he, like, whenever <laughs> whenever they're in New Jersey playing in, yeah. playing over, playing over in the Meadowlands there, you know, you just uh, – he suits up for whatever squad's playing at home that day. And sometimes you got to play too. Cause sometimes that happens. <laughs> right. I listen, people have double headers happens all the time. Yeah. Figure it out. Okay. <laughs> but uh, you know, the, the Browns found a way to win a game. They continue to find ways to win games, which odd, but you know, here we are. Well, you know, and again, the, you know, the Browns, I, I don't know who they are. Like, Sometimes you know what? They, they're they're a running football team is uh, really yeah. what it is. Like that they don't they're not dropping back and throwing 50 times a game. They are a running football team. And I mean it really Nick Chubb might be might be arguably one of the best if not the best running back in the league. It might be a bold statement, but he's a very good running back. And then what Kareem Hunt's the, no question, the best backup running back in the entire league. So I mean yeah, two, Kareem two all pros running the ball. Kareem Hunt could go to pretty much any other football team and be their starter. Right. Except and probably for, be, a, be a pro bowler. <laughs> except for what? May, maybe the Titans. Oh yeah. I mean, Derrick Henry, Elliot, uh, Barkley, Kamara, right. 
I mean, there's like there's like three teams. Yeah, that he would that he would not be go the guy. Be better than right. Uh, and like you could argue that he could go to any of those teams, and like because he's so good, he makes the starter that much better as well. Like, right. I mean, because it's not like oh the backups in, so we get you know we get to take like a half a breath here because he's not as good. Like he's just as good as those guys. Like so when you see the backup running back come in, you just like, damn it. Well, honestly, I think that's been what's been working really, really well for them. I mean, Chubbs, he, he's elusive, but he's also kind of a bruiser. Um, he lowers the shoulder and he can, you know, he can run you over if he wants to. And by the time the third to fourth quarter starts rolling around and the defense is finally like, okay, hey, thank God, whew, Chubbs slowing down. He's, he's not doing so great. He, you know, he's, he's averaging less yards per carry. And then all of a sudden they go, all right, we're just going to put Kareem Hunt in for three drives in a row. And you have a fresh Pro Bowl running back who like came in the middle of the third quarter and just starts killing you guys. Um, it, I think that can be demoralizing to a defense. You're like, Jesus, what do I have to do to stop these guys? Um, right. It's not going well for other defenses. You know, and now to the other side of it, the Browns are two and one, and they've beaten the Bengals and the Washington football team, formerly known as the Redskins. And, you know, I think it could, the Redskins are better than ever, than I think people thought they would be. You know, they're definitely better than I thought they would be. Um, you know, the, the Bengals are still trying to find their footing and, you know, they don't have anything as far as offensive or defensive line goes, because, you know, God knows Joe Burrow needs a, needs a bubble every, uh, every Monday after his, after the game, <clears throat> just to make sure, you know, a slight breeze doesn't make something hurt from the time amount of times he gets hit. And, you know, again, Washington's better than we thought they'd be, but they're still, you know, not great. So I think this week, you know, we'll get to the, uh, the, the, the week four preview, soon but uh you know the browns cowboys game i think is going to be an interesting one for both teams because again the browns are winning football games they're not doing terrific against good a good i mean they played the ravens and got lumped and the cowboys just don't want to win apparently again because they're in that conference that just doesn't or that division that just doesn't want to win win football games but uh i think that i think think I think, i think schedule has a lot to do with that as well Oh, sure. I mean, that's yeah. The, the Cowboys definitely haven't had an, an easy start by any means. Um, I can say, I mean, no, nobody wants to play the Seahawks right now. <laughs> nobody wants to go anywhere near Russell Wilson, what he's doing. Well, um, and he is tearing it up. You know, so the funny thing is, if you look at the Seahawks team and they're incredible on offense, but they're giving up big points. I mean, Prescott went 37 for 57 for 472 and three granted. He also had two interceptions, but you know, uh, the, what, what the, the back in week two, the Patriots put, where did I go here? Um, the, the Patriots put 30 on them. And where's week one and the Falcons put 25. So, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're other teams are scoring. I mean, granted the, the Falcons are scoring points on everybody. They just can't win a football game. They just can't, can't play in the third from the third quarter on apparently. But uh, you know, that Seahawks offense is definitely tough to keep up with. And that's, it's weird because you're kind of seeing that, that offense that, you know, the kind of what the chargers did a little bit, not the chargers, the chiefs did a little bit last year, which was that catch me if you can style offense. Like, you know, yeah, you're going to score 30 or so on us, but we're going to score 46. So good luck. Like it's, it's one of those things where I think we're seeing the Seahawks now kind of jump into 
a modern NFL offense that for most of Russell Wilson's career, and he's been very good the whole time he's been in the NFL. There has been no growing pains for Russell Wilson. He's been pretty darn good every year. Um, but they were a running team. They ran the ball first. They ran with Marshawn Lynch. They run with Chris Carson. That's just what they do. They run the ball and they play excellent defense. They had the Legion of Boom. They got Bobby Wagner. Their defense was unbelievable for the first six or seven years of Russell Wilson's career. And now they've officially invested in DK Metcalf and all these members of their offense. And they're signing free agents like Greg Olson to enhance their offense and say, you know what, Russ, go to town. Like you're, you're a middle infielder on a baseball field. Just, just sling it. Just do whatever. Go out there and get them. And he's really just been unbelievable um, for a guy. And this blows my mind has never received not even one MVP vote in his entire career. That's and I don't incredible. know how that happens. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how not even one person, not even one time in almost 10 years went. Yeah. Russell Wilson deserves one MVP vote. Just never happened. I'm actually super intrigued by that. Um, It's actually really funny. I think on uh, might have been Monday Night Football. Um, Al Michaels is talking to Collinsworth, and Collinsworth used to get a um, an MVP vote. Um, and I guess he said he wanted to vote for Russell Wilson last year, so Russell Wilson would have had one, but he got his vote in too late, so they didn't count it, and they took away his MVP voting because he missed the deadline. He goes, so I don't even get a vote anymore. He goes, so I can't <laughs> say I would vote for him this year. He goes, I don't have one no more. Well, and it's funny, so – uh, looking at the past 10 years, so going 09 to 19, Manning, Brady, Rogers, Peterson, Manning, Rogers, Newton, Ryan, Brady, Mahomes, Lamar. Like, it's, it's not like that's an easy crew to break through, but at the same time, to not even receive a vote is right. I'm, I'm not saying he necessarily should have won. I think you can make an argument that a couple of those years maybe he should have. Um, but I mean, I think just to garner. Of oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, and so the interesting side of that is, and I believe uh, both Taylor and Nick have brought this up on different episodes that like, it looks like, and you, you mentioned it too. Um, it looks like the Seahawks have kind of finally looked at, at Russell and said, this offense goes through you now. And they're just letting him go do what he can do you know they're letting him make calls on the field they're letting him do quarterback things that we've seen for years that other quarterbacks you know your top your upper echelon does and can do you know your breezes your brady's your mannings those guys that you know are at that next level um you know and they're finally letting him do that and it's that offense does look scary i can you know that's that's no joke yep it has been really honestly quite fun to watch Oh, without in a, question. In, in a COVID year that uh, it's been kind of sketchy, we'll say. Um, and no preseason games, and there was this football so late. I mean, I think for week one, I legitimately kind of forgot it was starting. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, hey, there's football on the night. You usually get a, you get a four-week warm-up there for the season, and that did not happen. Yeah, we, uh, we've we talked about that a few times, that it just kind of creeped up on you, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, damn, NFL starts tonight. Let's do this. Yep. I can say I'm pumped now for every game. Like Thursday, oh, yeah. Thursday night football tonight. Now I'm excited. It's um, I'm in the thick of it now. Yeah, and we'll get to it in a minute. But it's not even it's not even like it's going to be a good game tonight. But no, know. it's not. <laughs> it's it it could have been. It had yeah. an opportunity to be, but uh, yeah, I was last week. I was a little surprised the Lions bumped off the Cardinals. Uh, the Lions have looked less than I think this year. 
and the Cardinals have obviously looked very good with uh, Kyler Murray doing just looking silky smooth and doing just some wonderful things over there. And, oh, he has a great three-man receiving core on top of that. Oh, and Kenyon Drake doesn't suck. Right. You know what, though? I I think it's easy to dog in the Lions, but really the Lions were one dropped touchdown pass from a rookie running back away from being two and one instead of being one and two. I mean, literally one play one time is the difference in a, in a win. Right. Um, so they were certainly on the cusp of, of being better than, than people think they are. Um, honestly, the thing that surprised me about the lions is how routinely bad their defense is year after year, even though you have Matt Patricia who came from the bill Belichick coaching tree. And yeah. Just how, how really not good they are. And he was, <laughs> they gotta, he, he was a defensive coordinator over there. Correct. Like that, that was his, that was his thing. Right. And that's what I mean. It'd be different if he was like their offensive line coach. Yeah. That, like that, that, that would, this would be like Leslie, Fra- Leslie Frazier leaving the bills and going to a team who's just atrocious defensively because let's be honest, that's what the lions are. They're just, they're not a good defensive team. And that's actually, I mean, I, I wish Matt Stafford would at some point before he dies on the field, because he's come damn close. <laughs> I wish he would actually like go to a team that actually has more than just all Calvin Johnson around him or just something that like a team that's built a little bit better to see what he can really do. You know, and I, yeah. I want him, I want him to do it before he hits like Tom Brady age. If he, you know, lives that long because I still think Tom Brady is a system quarterback. And, you know, despite the fact that they beat the Broncos last week, because again, the Broncos are beat pretty beat up themselves. I don't even know, like I've like Teddy Ruxpin or something is starting for them at quarterback. And I know that's not his name. That's, I said that to be funny. No, that's, it's pretty close though. It's, it's like ripen reaping. Yeah. Like REI something. Um, yeah. He's their starting quarterback because Jeff Driscoll is now hurt and Drew Locke is hurt as well. Yeah, and, and Cortland Sutton's hurt, and Philip Lindsay is hurt, <laughs> and and, Va- they, and Von Miller's hurt, and they don't quite trust Blake Bortles to run the offense yet. Not yet. You know what? You know what would be crazy is if Blake Bortles just comes out of nowhere and goes back to like that one vintage year he had with Jacksonville, where he throws like thirty-five touchdown passes. It's yeah, and that, I mean, that's how the NFL it works today. It's <laughs> Blake Bortles had a lot of promise at one point, and actually, I got into it with somebody on the Facebook machine because that, you know, that doesn't well, sound like you. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because when I'm, when I'm posting things for this podcast um, and for those of you listening, follow us on Facebook. I post a lot of cool and fun conversational starters. Um, sometimes I come across other posts that I do comment and um, you know, and, and speak on and it, you know, somebody posted the Blake portals getting signed. And of course, without question, without fail, the first comment is always, this dude sucks. What about Kaepernick? And I'm not here to argue, you know, I, I wrote an article about, you know, if Colin Kaepernick were to make it back in the NFL, where would he fit and everything else. And I'm not here to argue the semantics of any of that, but he said that this guy made the comment that um, cap went to a super bowl and almost won it. And him and another guy were going back and forth about, you know, the, you know, Blake, Blake Bortles played more recently and everything else. He goes, yeah, but did he ever come close to a Super Bowl? And I go, yeah, he made the AFC championship game in 2017 and almost beat the Patriots, who 
I'm pretty sure won the Super Bowl at, that year. Maybe I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe that was when they got beat by the Eagles. I, again, I don't. I don't really recall. But I mean, that's that's where we were at. Like he made the AFC Championship game, and then the guy goes, "Yeah, but did he win it?" And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. Stop, stop moving the goalposts." You said, "Did he come close?" Yes, closer than thirty or twenty-eight other teams did that year. So. I mean, it's in there. He, the dude's got some talent. He's got some athleticism. I mean, maybe just learning an offense is taking a little bit while. That's why Teddy Rups, Teddy Rupskin is doing the doing the thing. And those, for those of you listening at home, uh, that's a shout out to our sister podcast, uh, Retro Pop. Go look up Teddy Rupskin. You'll laugh. But uh, yeah, so we got the uh, the Packers Saints game was I don't, was that as good as we thought it was going to be? Or I don't know. I, I I didn't really pay a ton of attention with that one. I, I, I liked it. I liked it. I mean, I think it, I think that game, if it, if it told me nothing else, um, two things, Aaron Rodgers is still really good. <laughs> oh. In case anybody was unsure on that, Aaron Rodgers is still really good. And Elvin Kamara is just insane. What that guy does with a football is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, simply to the tune of people look at it and go, Oh, he only had six carries for 60 yards. I mean, he averaged 10 yards a carry, but then 13 catches for 140 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, he had almost 200 all-purpose yards. Yeah. By three, three, three yards shy of 200 all-purpose yards in a game. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable what he does with a football. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's, he's keeping that team relevant. Um, you know, because I, it, and I can say this because I have Drew Brees in a fantasy league. He's not the Drew Brees of old. I don't know if he's if he's slowing down. If things have changed on the team, I know the you know the addition of another guy that they like putting back there at the quarterback spot is impacting him a little bit. But Kamara is definitely is definitely a dude, uh, and I believe he is trying to show that he's worth every penny that they're that they're paying him. So. You know, you know what kind of bugged me in that game, and I and I kind of I distinctly remember being irritated. And I'm not a Saints fan, and I don't care about the Packers, but it just it upset me as as a football fan and as somebody who kind of understands the game of football here. Um, there was a pivotal turnover late in the game from backup quarterback Taysom Hill, um, or or you gadget quarterback, whatever you want to call him, running back, receiver, tight end Taysom Hill, um, where he fumbled a snap, or it was a read option where he he messed up the the handoff and didn't whether you say didn't pull it out early or wasn't wasn't firm with it in his hands for Kamara, um, but he just dropped the ball and the Packers jumped on it and it was a turn right after they got a, a interception on Rodgers, um, or, or a fumble. It was a turnover on down, so they stopped the um, Packers and then they got the ball back at like midfield and then one play in you have Hall of Famer Drew Brees on the sideline. And you put in this gadget guy who screws up a handoff and fumbles it and gives Green Bay the ball back. And I'm just like, it's th- that's what bugs me about that gadget stuff. Usually that gadget stuff is like, hey, we have to invent and create new ways to, to make our offense go because the guys that we have in there can't really do it, what we'll just call the normal way. You know what I mean? You have Drew Brees. I assure you that the normal way works just fine. And I yep. don't know why you feel the need to do trickery gadgety stuff um and i guess it works sometimes i mean it's not like Taysom hill's not talented but uh that's a situation where i can't help but think if it's drew Brees, he doesn't fumble that ball i don't know because he's done it a million times and you don't have to worry about that from a hall of famer and right. you got a guy who 
I don't know why it's not talked about people when they go, who's the greatest all time, you know, Montana's mentioned, Brady's mentioned, you know, Manning's mentioned. I, I think you can make a very real argument that Drew Brees and not Brady and not Manning might be the greatest quarterback of all time. Well, I mean, it's just incredible. And I think, you know, part of that, you can talk about like, what do you do that makes those around you better? And, right. you know, when you talk about, you talk about Brady, I mean, we talked about the system quarterback thing and we've talked about it a few times, um, you know, and there's countless spoof videos out there of watching him just throw like check downs to running backs that take it 25 yards or just a quick slant that Edelman breaks up the middle or before him, Welker breaks up the middle, you know, and the, like the year that he had all of the, the single season records, he had, you know, two of the best ever to do it on his team around him. Oh, and, and a hall of fame defense. Right. And like, you know, so you're on, you're on the field more because your defense just regularly forces three and outs and you can throw 25 touchdowns by just throwing it up to Randy Moss. And right. when you don't do that, you have one of the best route runners in the game when he was in his prime with Wes Welker doing what he does before Edelman was doing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at what, what they do with the people around them. And I think the easy argument there is Drew Brees has done more with less. Like who's, who was the best receiver on the team the year they won the Super Bowl? Is that is that Marcus Colston? I'm trying to I'm trying to go back to that's Colston, that's the, Colston that's, was good there for a second. Yeah, he was really good there, and then he didn't do anything anywhere else. And I mean, you look around like name name the best receiver he's ever he's ever gotten to throw to. Oh, I mean, so it's Michael Thomas for sure, and it's right, right now who he just right. got to start throwing to from age 36 to you know 40. <laughs> right. So I mean, we're talking about a dude who has made. I mean, he made Ted Ginn relevant. He made. I, I mean, d- dudes that you like go all elsewhere and don't do anything like so much. So you can't even remember their names and they were good, solid receivers that so much. So they did good things. They got contracts elsewhere and then you never heard from them again. And I think that to me, that to me speaks more to how good you actually are. Like it, it, it would be one thing if some of these guys went elsewhere and had like even average careers most guys leave the saints and don't play football anymore after a year or two because they're just not that good but with breeze they were right well i mean good quarterbacks always make you better i mean Wes walker had a great career but he went from miami where he was in obscurity to tom brady to peyton manning i mean that's well and i mean <laughs> about, he, about he, as good as it gets for a career he he went from miami where he was the best athlete on the team at right. the time you know, and had flashes of brilliance and stuff. I mean, I, I remember watching him and being like, I, I really like this guy. I really, and then, you know, the, the Patriots actually paid more to get him than they got, than they paid to get Randy Moss, which and is they ridiculous. Got, they got Moss for a fifth. They got Welker for a third. Like if that's your third and your fifth round pick for a year, like uh, every time, please. And thank right. you. Right. One, 100 times out of 100. And it might be more than that. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So. The, uh, but I'm with you. Yeah, moving moving past that to this uh, this past Monday night, the Chiefs absolutely handled the Ravens the way the Ravens handled the Browns, and that game wasn't close. Yeah, at, and you at know any what? Point. And really, I I thought Baltimore was going to win that game. To be totally honest, I just thought the home team was going to take that. 
Um, but really, Mahomes was on fire that night. He yeah. was the best quarterback in the league for a reason on Monday Night Football. It was it was really fun to watch. Yeah, but the, according uh, to according to NFL rankings, um, he's the fourth best player in the league. So that that's 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 cute. Yeah, <laughs> that's adorable. I I don't understand. Like, and it's funny because now you know, Lam, you know Lamar's getting a little bit of a reputation here. He's zero and two in the playoffs. He's zero and three against the Chiefs. You know he that he you know and he his stats are not good in any of those games. Um, you know it's not like he had a great game and you know they lost it in the end or they just couldn't keep up with that high powered offense. Like it, he's he's been shut down. I mean he had a hundred rushing yards but he didn't have a hundred yards to the air. I don't believe. And no, 97 and 80, 83 on the ground. So he only had 180 all purpose yards. Yeah. And when that, and, and when one, you, one touchdown. Yeah. And when your offense goes through that, that dude, that's, that's not what you want. You know, that's, you know, and that's, that's how you beat that team. You make him throw the football, which I mean, he threw the football 28 times. 15 for 97, 15 completions for 97 yards and a touchdown. I, I will, I, I make any quarterback do that. I win. Unless he you know, runs for 200 yards and two more touchdowns. And, and you know what I found was super interesting? Um, and it started to happen late in the game. And I, I'm surprised it took a miss long to kind of figure it out. The Chiefs defense, I mean, um, their pass rushers would pin their ears back and try to do the whole meet at the quarterback play. But with Lamar being as fast as he is, like he'd step up and just go in between the guard and either the right tackle or the guard and the left tackle. Do you know what I mean? Like he would then sneak out of the pocket because the pass rushers over pursued. Yeah. So what they did was they stopped doing that. They would just kind of like play patty cake and they, it's like, they weren't really trying to get by anybody. They were just sort of like sitting there, like just holding the edge and I'll just wait here. And as soon as they started doing that and he had no place to run, I mean, my goodness, did Lamar look awful. Yeah, like really not good. And they got to him several times. They got sacks. They they knocked him down. They got disruptive pressure on him. I mean, it was it did not look like the quote number one best player in the league. Yeah, and I mean that there there's something to be said about that when you have a dude that moves that well. I mean that was, you know, the 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 answer to Michael Vick was to have an athletic player spy on him and kind of make him throw the football a little bit. Well. Lamar is good enough to not that that's not good enough for him. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you just pin your ears back and try to go kill somebody and he can just weasel through and then he's got all the time in the world and he can just run and make a move on a guy who's, you know, maybe a little bit outclassed athletically. Well, guess what? He looks really good, but I mean, that's that, you know, maintain gap integrity you have somebody you know then you know you have somebody in there who then once your line gets either through that first you know that first line sits and makes him read and you know and you just kind of flow with him and make him sit in the pocket and make sure he can't get around you and you have a guy spying on him then who can run who can cover sideline to sideline and i mean it's it's kind of what's happened every time he's been beat is they they take his feet away by not pursuing him and make him throw the ball. And he does not do well when he's behind right. because, you know, if it's more than a score, he's got to throw a little bit more. And that's, that's, you know, that that's the MO of beating him. 
you know, and maybe, maybe that idea that James Harrison put out there that you just run through his chest a few times doesn't necessarily work when, you know, you got to be able to hit him to hit him. Right. He's, he's an elusive little creature there. He's, he, he sure is. <laughs> he's all over the place. He's very, very quick and agile. But you know what, though? I, I look at something like that, and I, I kind of go back. And, again, this is me just being analytical about the whole thing. Um, when's the last time a guy who was really a, a running quarterback or a guy who had that incredibly high athleticism won, won a Super Bowl? Um, I mean, and athleticism can mean so many things. It's, it's, uh, Mahomes is highly athletic. But I guess what I mean is a guy who wasn't an elite passer. Right. Like a quarterback who was an elite passer won a Super Bowl. I mean, going back, it's like Kansas City won. They had Mahomes. New England won. They had Brady. Um, you know, Philly won with Nick Foles, but he Dig, had one of the Dick, cool, Nick. It's it was ridiculous. I mean, so is he an elite passer um, for his career? Maybe not through those playoffs. Yeah, uh-huh. he put together the the greatest string of three playoff games that maybe anybody's ever seen. He was unbeatable in that Super Bowl game. Like I think they scored on almost every single drive in that entire game, and New England scored on every drive but one, and that one was the one they needed to win the game, and they didn't get it. Yeah, I mean that dude was so locked in that game that he caught a touchdown pass, so much right. so that 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 play has now been run by other people, and it's still called the Philly special. Right. You know, and it's like and then New England again, Brady, Denver. That maybe is the last time that quote elite passer. Now it was Peyton Manning, but I think everybody would agree they the defense won them that championship. Um, the year before New England, the year before that, Russell Wilson. I mean, we've already talked about Russ today. He sure he can run. He is elusive, but he also is an elite passer. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, just, he was an elite passer back then. They just didn't let him throw the way correct. you saw other teams right. let quarterbacks throw. Right. Joe Joe Flacco. The year before that, again, I don't think Joe Flacco is unbelievable, but at the that, time that year, yeah, he yeah. was really good that year. Absolutely. So, like I said, I just look at it's like how many how many Super Bowls has Cam Newton won? None. How many Super Bowls has you know Michael Vick won? None. Like at some point, you got to stand in the pocket and deliver a football. And those guys who don't do that particularly well in general don't win the Super Bowl. Right. So I mean, and, until they can stop doing these gimmicky read option whatever's, you might win all the regular season games you can handle. But until you win the last game of the season, no one gives a shit. <laughs> this is not what again. That's not what happens. One hundred percent. And that about wraps up week three. And now we are moving on to week four where our boys, Dub Bills, are going to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. The Raiders have looked pretty good. The Raiders have a good offensive and good defensive line. The Raiders have a very good running back in second year man, Josh Jacobs. And... This, I think, will be a very intriguing matchup. You know what? Um, I, I agree with you here. And I can tell you, one of my biggest concerns is that the Raiders have one of the biggest offensive lines in football. Like, they're just behemoth men, and they love to run the football. And Buffalo has one of the smallest defensive lines in all of football. And I don't know how that's going to work. Um, for a defense that was supposed to be elite this year, supposed to be top five, um, Teams have been running against this. Teams have been throwing against this. I mean, really, thank God Josh Allen has turned a corner in his third year. We can put points on the board because defensively for through three games, we have not looked good. Um, and I am honestly, I am concerned that, you know, if you told me that Josh Jacobs in this game was going to have 130 rushing yards at two scores, I go, yeah, nope, I can see that. 
there's a time for a Buffalo defense as, as early as last year. I would have thought no chance, no way. Our defense is unbelievable. Not going to happen. Um, that's I think it's a very real possibility that Allen does a lot of sitting on the sidelines because we can't stop the run. I mean, we let Malcolm Brown last week have over 100 yards rushing. And I don't think he's a very good quarterback. I think Josh Jacobs is way better. And I think the Raiders offensive line is way better than the Rams was. Um, so it does. It does concern me just a little bit. Yeah. And I, this is where, you know, and I'm, I'm not a huge star Latulier fan. Um, I, I understand what he does on this team and I understand his, you know, his, his worth in that realm. And it's going to be a game like this that really shows that also losing Jordan Phillips is also going to be in the, you know, that same type of deal. I mean, those, those two dudes were responsible for the stoutness against the run and, you know, not having either one of them this year is, especially in a game like this, is going to be a real test of what guys like Dirty Harry, Ed Oliver, and the rest of our defensive, you know, our defensive interior can do. It's also going to, you know, going to see what can Milano and Edmonds do to help the run game and not give up big plays behind them because we saw when we don't have those guys in coverage, our secondary is also a little susceptible. Obviously getting Josh Norman back helps that out. Um, you know, if he's going to play this week, I know he's back. I don't know if he's going to be suited up to play, but, um, you know, I'm hoping if they they brought him off IR, I'm hoping he's suiting up. And I mean, I heard good things through camp on him. So, you know, you never know, but that's definitely something that missing those two behemoths up the middle is definitely something that is, is I think a bit of an impact. Now, obviously next year we get star back, but you know, it it wouldn't surprise me if that was another area that we addressed in the the draft next year as well, or in free agency, whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's that you're either, you're either six, four, three 30, or you're not. And right right now we're not, I, I I can coach you on technique and, and, and in rip moves and, and, you know, getting the offensive lineman's hands off you, yada, yada. But I mean, you're either a big guy or you're not. And right yeah. now we are, we are not big guys. Yeah. I mean, and that's, it's just going to come down to playing physical and, you know, keeping you know, the, the, the stuff that McDermott and uh, Frazier talked about after the last game, you know, maintaining gap integrity, doing your job, being in the right place. And that's, you know, that is something that in his first year at Oliver struggled a little bit with, you know, was he was so used to just being able to, to do whatever he wanted you know, shoot a different gap, stuff like that. And in college, you can get away with that because if you're one of the better athletes in the field, you can probably just do things that you do whatever you want to do. But in the NFL, you're an athlete on the field because they're all very good. Um, so, you know, uh, I think I think if we keep, if they allow, if, if our defense allows themselves to be well-coached, which they are, it's just they have to do what they're being coached to do. I don't see the Raiders beating us. Again, the, me feeling like that scares me. Um, I'm hopefully looking forward to another Josh Allen 300-plus yard day. And, you know, I'm hoping that the the defense tightens up a bit. And I think I think we have a good chance of walking out of here 4-0 as long as Jacobs doesn't run for a hundred and a half and two. Yep, no, I'm with you, man. And you know what? It's it's kind of it's an odd feeling. Uh, I don't know why it's an odd feeling, but I where I have because faith of the in our offense, <laughs> right? <laughs> that it's um it's nice to know. Hey, you know what? Um, they're gonna have to score north of 24 points to stop our offense. 
or, or to outscore our offense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that if, if anything less than that, then there's a really good chance that we put up more points than that. And I haven't said that very often. Usually, I mean, the Bills are winning 17, 14, 17, 10 for, you know, 13, 10 for the longest time here. Um, it's nice to be like, yeah, you know what? You're going to have to score almost 30 points to beat us, which is kind of a fantastic feeling. But we'll see how she rolls. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that we've ever been consciously alive for that an era like this in the bill on the bills. I mean, yes, the offense with Kelly and stuff was very, very good, but I mean, I we, we, we were vaguely remember. Like, I mean, right, that was exactly. so long ago. Not. <laughs> you know, and going back and watching, you know, it was basically. I mean, we st- and we played good defense back then too. You know, it was, and you know, but I, I don't know that we've ever. You know, we we've had teams, you know, that we've played that we've had to look and be like, okay, they 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 play catch me if you can offense, and we have to hope that our defense is good enough to stop that because we're not catching anybody offensively. Right. And this this year, I mean, the Bills are different. It's it's opposite. Yeah, it's different. (laughs) And I mean, and the Bills have, you know, flashes of, like, it scares me. We haven't played a complete game yet. I mean, we've had, we've had two games. I mean, we, you know, the, the Jets were never really in that game. The Dolphins were, but only kind of like, it was closer than, it wasn't as close as the score would have you believe in my opinion. And like, obviously last week was a different story, but like, we haven't put a complete four quarters together yet. Imagine what this team looks like if we do. Oh, for sure. I mean, and I think like we already discussed, I think health has a lot to do with that. Um, but every team battles injuries and yeah. it, it, honestly, it doesn't really matter. No, no, no one else is boohooing for us <laughs> that, we, that we had guys opt out and our two linebackers were hurt for a couple of games. Right. Um, so it's just like you said, next man up and you got to do what's necessary to win a football game. So just to wrap up here, we got, uh, I'm going to breeze through some of these games. It's, it's an interesting week. Cause I, I think all of these, uh, all the week four matchups, it's either feast or famine. They're either going to be good, interesting games, or they're just going to be like, what are we doing here? Um, why, and I think, why, why did you get a primetime game? And, and I think part of that is it starts tonight with the Jets and the Broncos, because I think if you look at this game on paper before the season, in a normal year, you're saying, well, you know, we got a, a kid in his first full year as a starter for Denver. You got, you know, Sam Darnold trying to prove that he's worthy of being, you know, picked where he was and all the hype that was around him. And I mean, the jets are just not good. I, I, I want Bill Belichick to retire when Adam Gase gets fired. So he can just keep his tour going through the rest of the AFC East (laughs) and he can bury that franchise for two years before they fire him. But I mean, that's, you know, high hopes, I guess. Bill Belichick's uh, going to be winning Super Bowls in a wheelchair on the sidelines and still it's it's total sidebar. Have you seen him? He looks rough. So what's having to do with Cam Newton and his haircuts? It's probably a little bit. Yeah, dude, he he looks like the the piss bum under the bridge that you want to give a can of soup to. I I love the the Cam Newton like babushka things that they turn (laughs) the Patriots logo into. That's like my favorite thing. It's so funny. I agree with that. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I mean, again, the Broncos have an electronic teddy bear starting for them. The Jets have. Do they, do they have receivers yet? Is I mean, Rashad Perryman's been hurt. Jamison Crowder looked good for a second. 
and has not looked good since. I mean, and then Le'Veon Bell got hurt, and he wasn't great there to begin with. But not, I mean, it's the Le'Veon Bell. He's he's better than whoever's behind him. He's better than Frank Gore at 37 years old. Well, you know, because he's got the ability to run for more than 75 yards in a game. You know, Gore is right. not doing bad this year. He's, you know, in that premier role. And I mean, I don't know if it's just the, our blocking scheme versus what versus their blocking schemes or whatever, but he hasn't been doing terrible, but he's not Frank Gore of five years ago. Right. You know, he's, he's not running for 125 yards and two scores and injuring three linebackers on his route to doing so. <laughs> or, or 10 years ago or 15 years ago, because that's how long Frank Gore has been in the league. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be in the league when his kid gets drafted in two years. Can be fantastic. For all, I don't know if it's the first father-son duo to ever play in the NFL. That would be interesting. That would be cool, though, wouldn't it? It would be cool. It happens in baseball pretty regularly, but I've not seen. Yeah, I mean, we we say pretty regularly. It's been like four times, but that's still impressive. Well, but 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 it's happened. I guess is my point. <laughs> Very true. Um. So the. Uh, I think the Saints Lions game is interesting because of the some of the downswing that we've seen in the Saints and some of the you know the fight that we've seen in the Lions offense. I that would that'll be a fun one to kind of keep an eye on. I mean, um, I could tell you that like Char- Chargers Bucks, I think will be interesting. I think Herbert slinging the ball um, versus Tom Brady in that offense. I think that could be a really fun game to watch. Well, and and we've seen that Chargers defense is no slouch. You know, that that team, that defense could play with anybody. And then they, they showed that by almost beating the Chiefs two weeks ago. Yep. Nope. Their defense is very good. Um, really one, I think one of the best units in the league. And really, and they're dealing with injuries too. Derwin James, Torres, as Miniscus, so he's out for the season. And there's some other things that happen with their defense, but um, they're very, very good. Is that, um, Bo- is that Bosa still alive? Uh, yes. Yes. Joey, okay, Joey's so, still alive. Yeah. So he, he didn't, he didn't get the, uh, he didn't have the paper mache titus happen yet. Okay, good. No, no, he's, he's good. He's good. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and then really, I, I think one of the only, only other interesting games that I'm kind of intrigued about this week, um, maybe not the only game, but maybe the most one is, is Vikings Texans. Um, you want to talk about like strength of schedule and like teams you have to face to start a season. The Texans man got a draw. <laughs> Yeah, no just a litany of pro bowl teams and hall of fame quarterbacks for the future. And, and, and now it's, I mean, the Vikings aren't as good as the chiefs in like Baltimore and stuff, but I mean, they're still a good football team. Yeah. They're, they're, they're depending on which team shows up. Uh, right. Well, that's the thing. They're, they're both and three. I say that, I say that they're, they're, they're both and three. Um, but like Kirk Cousins can throw the ball and, and cooks one of the best running backs in the league. And I, I just think it'll be an interesting game. Who, who doesn't want to be Owen four more. Right. <laughs> so, so I, I know that my intriguing pick of the week was a couple of winless teams, but like who does not want to go to Owen four for well, these, for these two rosters. I mean, I like I'm, I'm looking at the Jags Bengals game. That game's going to be atrociously fantastic too. That's two young dudes <laughs> that are going to want to throw the ball 500 yards a game. And neither team likes playing defense. Neither team likes blocking. Like neither team likes running the football. I mean, let's go get it. Let's just throw for a 10, you know, let's throw for a thousand yards between the two teams. And, you know, let's, let's go win a football game or two. I mean, uh, screw it. Let's tie, you know, that, that's a thing this year. Let's tie. <laughs> Ties. Uh, the Seahawks are going to thump the dolphins. Um, the Browns Cowboys game is going to be interesting because <clears throat> if the Cowboys don't win this one, I'm going to double down on my, the end of Dak Prescott thing. And don't tell me that he's playing well because we're, we watched a 3-0 and Bears team bench their starting quarterback. So I don't want to hear it. 
Okay, yeah, but that that's that those are not the same things. I Mitch don't Trubisky care. And Dak Prescott's are not the same player, and not I, by a long shot. I don't care. The Cowboys don't win this game. You're really gonna because, and I, I I believe, and I could be wrong. I I, I was told uh, by somebody that knows of my my bold claim for the Cowboys that uh, there is there was some murmur of Jerry Jones kind of kind of you know saying you know calling Dak out a little bit and kind of saying you know he's got to figure something out. And again, when you score, when your defense gives up 40 points in a game, it's not really your quarterback's fault. But you know that there was some some you know dissension from from Jerry in Jerry world. So uh, I think think the Cowboys lose this one. You you start hearing that murmur of maybe uh, maybe they gotta they gotta go a different direction, even if it's just for a week. I don't think you do that. I don't think you pay a guy that you're you're or you bench a guy that you're trying to pay thirty seven million dollars a season. Like it's. Yeah. And, and again, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You know, you're trying to pay him that. And he told you to, he told you no. And now you're staring at, you know, a guy who's one and two and, you know, he's not playing like the money he wants. So I don't know. At, at some point it looks like you don't want to play. I mean, I don't know. I, I would argue the opposite. I mean, He's leading the NFL in passing yards. I don't. I don't know how else you get better than that. Like he's number one. Josh Allen's number two. Uh, it's like the dude. The dude's throwing the length of the football field four or five times a game. You know what I mean? But like you said, the defense is playing really, really poorly. I well, mean, I mean we're. I mean he 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 lost to the Rams and was twenty five for thirty nine for two sixty six and one. Um. Came you back know, and beat the Falcons. Came back and beat the Falcons, which throwing for 450 yards and a score. And also, I think he also rushed for two touchdowns. Uh, three, actually. Very bright. So four uh, touchdowns that game. You know, and then he lost to Seattle. Um, went 37 for 57 for three and two, and he also for lost with, a fumble in that game and the game before. Four set a set a career high 472 passing yards in that game. You, you know what Andy Dalton's never done in his entire career? That, like, not even one time in 11 years. Like, never. Not once. Yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to check that. I'm going gonna to pull that guy up. The fact that he's got. only thrown for 4,000 yards, like, three times in his career, I doubt very much he was throwing for four bills, like, every other game. Let's see. So his, the most yardage he's ever thrown for in a season was 4,293. Uh, Dak, Dak all, beat that by like a thousand yards last year. <laughs> and, it, and is leading the NFL in yards again this year. Also something that Andy Dalton has never done in his career is led the NFL in passing yards. At, uh, almost at any point, <laughs> at any point in any season, it's never happened. I mean, but again, we, you know, you can talk about those stats and I mean, Jameis Winston led the NFL in almost every offensive passing category last year and lost his okay. job. Okay. Well, he threw 30 interceptions, which Dak Prescott has not done. Well, the name of the game is also winning football games. And you know, that's something else Winston didn't do. Uh, listen, uh, if, if they had some rookie quarterback behind them, I, I would understand it. Like if Rogers was sucking this year and they weren't winning games and they go, Hey, you know what? We just spent a first round pick on Jordan love. 
you know, maybe it's time to pass the torch. It's almost the same thing that happened with Rodgers and Favre. That Favre wasn't really performing that great. And it's like, then the calls for Rodgers for the future to pass that torch were coming up. But I mean, to go from a, a 24 or a 25 year old and Dak Prescott, who was an all pro last year, a pro bowler, he led the league in a lot of offensive categories to Andy Dalton, who's had a career of mediocrity and never won a playoff game. How, how could that possibly be your answer? Like, how could that possibly be the, yeah, he's our guy. We'd rather have Dalton run this team. Uh, well, nope. Listen, and <laughs> no, even thank you. My, my, my point here is, even if it's just for a week, if you need to send a message to your team, what better way to do it than to bench your quarterback because the team is not doing well and put other people on notice because there no, nobody else that you bench has the same weight. I mean, the, you know, one of, one of the most controversial moves that McDermott's ever done was benching Tarad for Peterman. And Peterman went out and shit the bed horribly. But guess what? When Tyrod came back, he was a different player. And that, that team kind of kind of took a little bit of a turn, you know, a little bit of an upturn after that. So, I mean, we were, we're talking about a move that, again, I'm not saying he starts the rest of the season. I'm not saying that he takes them to the promised land. I'm saying by week six, that is a move that is made to, at minimum, try to light a fire under someone's ass. Because losing football games, I don't. You could put up all the stats in the world, but losing football games is unacceptable, especially in Dallas. I mean, I get it. I just, I just don't understand how leading the NFL in in yards and and having like 10, 10 touchdowns and you know what I mean, like completing sixty eight to sixty nine percent of your passes and QB ratings. His lowest QB rating of the season was a ninety two point five. No big deal. You know, I mean, and then had 109 and 93. It's, I mean, he himself is doing really well. The rest of the team, however, not so much. I mean, and I, I, I don't disagree with you there. But it's, you know, it's also, and it's also one of those things that, you know, when you're, when you're playing from behind a lot, you throw the ball more. I mean, it's. And he's so, throwing the know, ball very effectively. He is. Again, I just, I, I believe that there's, there's more to it than, than like his, his personal stats are great, but you know, if, if for whatever reason, like, I don't know, maybe the team's uninspired by him or maybe there's other issues there. I don't know. Like, you know, maybe they look at Dak and think, Oh, you know what this dude, he's kind of big league in us. He thinks he's worth so much more. So like, why am I going to play hard? Because that dude wants to get paid Mahomes money and we're not doing what Mahomes and the chiefs are doing. You know, I will like, well, you know, that, that, that dude wants to get paid so much that like no one else is going to get paid. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's something to it, man. I don't know. Like I said, it's, it's happened before we've, we've well, seen, listen, we're, we're not in those locker rooms. I have no idea what those conversations are like. I would just be, you know what, if, if Dak had to leave Dallas, I, he'd be fine. There'd, there'd be oh, the entire NFL will be chomping at the bits to, to, to get his services. There's a lot of quarterback needy teams out there that would absolutely take Dak and pay him a whole bunch of money. See, I don't know how many there are. Where where does Dak go? If Dak doesn't, if this year, if Dak doesn't stay with the with the Cowboys, where does Dak go? I mean, there's a ton of places. I mean, Dak could go to New England because they can't sign Cam to a one-year deal, so that would be fine. He could go to Jacksonville. He could go to Miami. He could go, I mean, Tom Brady's 43 years old. I mean, he could go to Tampa. He could go. I, I think the only team that you've mentioned so far that I agree that he could and would 
have a shot to go to would be Tampa. Miami just drafted Tua. They're not they're not paying him what he wants when you have a rookie that you were very high on. Yeah, but there's I, I no think shot. What, what, there's no shot the Patriots give anybody that kind of money. I just look at it like who who needs a quarterback? Like New England could use him. I think you know. Uh, the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger is 38, 39 years old. He thought about retiring this year. You mean to tell me the Pittsburgh Steelers don't want to just go from Roethlisberger to another 5,000 yard passer with the offensive weapons that they have? I mean, I think money that's out. so again, so now that's two teams, but again, are they willing to pay him what he wants to get paid? I mean, yes, there are teams that need a quarterback, but there are, are also teams that don't need to be paying $500 million for a quarterback. That's not worth $500 million. I mean, so it, your money is is worth whatever somebody's willing to pay you. It's, I mean, that's I didn't think that Joe Flacco deserved to be the highest paid quarterback in the league, but it happened. There's <laughs> nothing like cashing at the right time. You won a Super Bowl in a contract year. Well, that'll, that'll do it. <laughs> it's like and and that, and that kind of kind of my next point. You know, that kind of plays to my point. Dak hasn't done any of those things, so. You want money like the reigning MVP Super Bowl champion and your team, like you're struggling to win the worst division in the NFL. And again, that's not just on him, but wins as a quarterback matter. I mean, I would agree with you, but it's not like, I mean, did Dan Marino ever get benched for some backup guy? He was like leading the NFL in like every offensive stat category in an era where nobody was throwing for 5,000 yards like ever. And Marino was doing it, but they weren't really winning, winning games. Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. But it's just like they never just bench him for no reason for the backup just to send a message to Dan Marino. Nope, never happened. <laughs> it's like, I, I mean, don't know. You you could, it, it might happen. Again, I, I would I would doubt it. Oh. I, I, don't, I don't think that the problem is him. I don't think that he's the problem. If he was throwing for 240 yards and no touchdowns or doing what Trubisky was doing, um, I mean, Trubisky, 243 and three touchdowns, actually had a decent game. But then 190, two, two touchdowns, two picks, 128, one touchdown, one pick. I mean, like one of those guys is leading the NFL in passing yards. The other guy has thrown for half as many. I mean, and is losing every game as well. Not losing every game. They won, but the they're, team they're three and oh, they're they're three and oh. The Bears well, are three and zero. The Bears are right. awful, and they're three and zero. Well, again, playing the Falcons and playing the Giants, and had them right where they want them. They were down twenty three to th- or twenty six to three or whatever, and they had them right where they want them. So as soon as the Bears play the Seahawks and Russell Wilson throws eight touchdowns against them, and I, you know, I think this, I think this week against the Colts is going to be an interesting, uh, interesting matchup for them. Continuing on our week four, now that we've <laughs> heavily digressed into degrading, I have derailed. You know, into in, in me thinking that Dak's not good enough to be again. Dak is good enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. To me, Dak is not nearly as good as Dak thinks he is. This is a, that that might be, but I don't know if anybody, if any quarterback is as good as they they personally think themselves are. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know just... who you know who's better than they think they are. Josh freaking Allen. Well, he's just a cool guy, I, I, but we're, we're probably biased because we're both. Yeah, but. that's very true. Uh, the Ravens are going to thump the Washington football team. The Rams are going to thump the Giants. The Patriots Chiefs is going to be an interesting one. <laughs> that should um, be a great game. That And that would have been a game I picked for us to pick this week had um, had it worked out that way. But, uh, you know, with the Bills playing at 4 o'clock, also the Bills take precedence because the Patriots suck. So <laughs> You know what game I wish was the primetime game? That one. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The eagle, the, you know, the, the crippled Eagles against, or the, the horrid Eagles against the crippled Niners. And then the Packers are, I mean, the Falcons are going to score 50 points and lose 75 <coughs> to 50. It's going to be disgusting. Yep. Oh, what a, so bad. I, I bet you, I bet you the Falcons are up three touchdowns and then they find a way to lose the game. Yeah. You know, they're going to, they're going to, the they're going to, they're going to come out and, and score on the first three drives. And like Rogers is going to like, just take a knee three times and punt to let them right. score three times in a row. They're going to be like, guys, just don't play defense. Let them score. And then they're going to win by 30 from there. They're like, Oh, apparently Rogers bet the over in this game. <laughs> he's got, he's got to let him score for a hot second before he throws four touchdown passes himself. Oh, it's so bad. Like I, I was reading a thing after this first off during, during the game last week, during the bears, um, during the uh, the Bears Falcons game, I looked up, saw the score, and I started laughing. And I was like, "What's so funny?" I'm like, "The Bears got them right where they want them, and they came back and won the damn game." <laughs> and then I see the stat that since 2016, the Bear or the the Falcons have blown a 16 point lead or more six times since 2016. Which is ridiculous because Dan Quinn's the defensive-minded head coach who had the Legion of Boom and had those elite Seahawks defenses on his resume. And right now, you know, as just, Bart Scott would say, that the Falcons couldn't stop a nosebleed. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, oh, like, let them, let let the other team take the lead and then try to play from behind them. Just see what happens. Right. Like, stop, stop taking leads into the third because yeah. you don't do it well. Yep, keep it close. Kick some more field goals on purpose. I don't know. If it's, uh, you got to change change the game script. But, well, I think uh, think that about wraps us up here. You know, we got a little off track there, and this is probably going to be one of our longer episodes in a while. But yeah. you know what? Uh, going more consistently as we have, we have upped our listenership quite a bit in the last month. Uh, we jumped a good. Let me pull up the stats here. Um, That's my job. Well, we jumped. We jumped almost. <laughs> a hundred listeners from last month to this month. Um, and we are actually one of, yeah, we, this, this month, we were one of the more, uh, one of the more listened to podcasts on the network from what I'm looking at here. Um, so we, you know, we're, we're doing well, we are staying consistent and, uh, we're going to keep going here. So, uh, Austin, thanks for joining me, my man. Also, thanks for having me. Appreciate it, bud. No problem. And uh, guys, stay tuned. I'm going to have this posted a little bit later on this afternoon. I will post our picks for the week. We had to adjust for the uh, for the COVID issue that the Titans-Steelers game ran into. And uh, I'm actually surprised we didn't touch on that, but I don't really care to touch on that because COVID <laughs> is stupid. So we will, uh, we will catch you guys on next week and stay tuned for our picks of the week.